Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're joined by mother and daughter Karen Unland and Elizabeth Spencer of That's a Thing to discuss two young adult films. First up, producer Karen Johar introduces us to Gippy, a teenage girl who vows to defeat the school's Queen Bee in the class elections from debut filmmaker Sonam Nair. Then, secret superstar Amr Khan's colossal hit about a young woman who becomes an internet sensation while quietly struggling with a violent home life from first-time director Advat Chandan. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. We'd also like to give a heads up to all of our listeners that um, one of these films does deal, quite frankly, with domestic violence. So Mm. if anyone doesn't want to listen to that discussion, uh, it'll be at the end. Yep. All right, uh, Karen and Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. We have been looking forward to having you on for a while. Well, we're so excited to be here, and you got—you made us watch some really interesting movies. Oh, good. I'm so glad that we got a chance and the excuse to do that, hey? Nice. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you look at me like, I, you should talk, and I'm like, okay. Some good teen sulkiness, I like it. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, for a while we were trying to come up with an episode around films about journalism yeah. to have Karen on. Yeah. Uh, we already did one of the big ones. Well, so, and they're yeah. just, they're so... I don't know. I didn't think the quality was there. I mm-hmm. thought they were kind of pulpy. There are some, and maybe one day we will do an episode about films about journalism. Uh, but then when you two launched That's a Thing, I was like, oh, oh, I have a much better angle that I think will be a lot more interesting and I think has more interesting films to discuss. Mm-hmm. And certainly I think um, the two of you will bring an interesting perspective to these movies because they're both about teen girls and their moms. Yeah, and they yes. both have a lot of... Um, parallels between the two, mm-hmm. so I think it's going to be fun to talk about them. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> you keep, okay, for, for the sake of people listening, my mother keeps looking at me like I'm supposed to say something and I don't have anything prepared, so look forward to that. <laughs> well, let's just have a quick cheers to you guys coming on. I've made some Nimbu Pani, uh, which is Indian lemonade, which they drink in a in a rather kind of pivotal scene in Secret Superstar, or at least one that was in the trailer. Yes. So <laughs> when it shows up in the film, you go, ah. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it involves like lime and lemon juice and sugar syrup and mint and salt. Mm-hmm. And I got the recipe from Sri Rao's Bollywood Kitchen, of course. Oh. Everyone should own a copy of Bollywood Kitchen. And it's a great book. And everyone should listen to the episode of Bollywood and for lovers, the yeah. for lovers about that episode, that book. I think, yeah, it's a great book. So cheers. Thank you for yes. finally coming on Thanks. and <laughs> suffering through some long movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, why don't you guys tell us about That's a Thing, what the show is, and where did the idea come from? Okay, so <laughs> That's a Thing is a show where... I, the young one, look into teen culture that I'm exposed to, and then I explain it to my mom, who goes, what? That's a thing. <laughs> so the title is kind of automatopoeic, but um, <laughs> uh, we got this idea because we'd already have these conversations at the dinner table where I'd start talking about something, and she'd actually say, that's a thing. And so we were like, we could make a podcast out of this. Yeah, it's super fun. I learn a lot. I think all of my um, friends who are older than 16 <laughs> learn a lot. I thought I knew, I thought I knew a lot about teen culture. Mm-hmm. There are things I did not know. I know I knew all about K-pop. Yes. yes <laughs> like, I know yes, I know yes. that one. 
But I didn't know about this didn't pasta know. thing. I, yeah, you didn't know. Pasta, yeah, cream yeah. pasta, Fortnite. Didn't know about um, that. I'm surprised by how many people didn't know about Fortnite, honestly. That's huge. It's like huge. Yeah. yeah. In my sphere. <laughs> yeah. No. I know about mine. Minecraft. Oh, I was gonna say Minesweeper. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a given. I mean, yeah, you know all about that one. I played it's a million many hours of Minesweeper. Yeah. Like I know Minecraft is a thing, but mm-hmm. is that like are teens no longer into that? It was a thing in 2011. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's no longer. A I thing. have 12 nieces and nephews. I should know what kids are into. Yeah. But you I guess should. I have no clue. Yeah. And that's what I've learned, is like, aside from K-pop, I really know nothing about what teenagers are interested in. I'm excited for your take on TanaCon, because that yeah. looked like a gigantic disaster. That's yeah. coming up next. <laughs> yeah. So that is one thing. Um, I, I feel like I take in a lot of social media and a lot of just because of what I do and what I pay attention to, but... YouTube is something that I just don't pay very much attention to, mm. and Elizabeth pays a lot of attention to YouTube, as do most people her age and younger, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Do teenagers still watch movies, or do they just watch YouTube? Um, fewer people watch movies. A lot of people have Netflix, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot of people who don't watch Marvel movies because they know it's going to come out on Netflix, so mm. why bother? Until yeah. Disney gets their own streaming service. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, dreading that day. <laughs> Guess Marvel will stop getting my business. <laughs> yeah, people watch YouTube for entertainment. That's a lot of people's main source of entertainment. If their parents won't buy Netflix for them, so not many people my age watch movies. I think compared to people you guys' ages. Well, yeah, that's just so different from when we were teenagers. Because when we were teenagers, if we wanted to go out and do something because you're underage, we just went to the movies. Like yeah. the, every single weekend. We just went to the movies. Like, it was really we easy to like buy a ticket to one movie and then go see the one you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great tip if you need to do it. That was a tactic. Go for sometimes. the G rated and then go into the 18A. That was a tactic sometimes. Yes. I'm way older than you two. Mm-hmm. And so my movie going experience would have been some of that going to the, the movie theater with friends and then the, the video store mm-hmm. experience, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what we would do on the weekends. Listen up, young one. This is how we used to do it. You mm-hmm. go to the video store and you walk up and down the aisle forever looking for a video cassette and VHS to play. And there'd be the, a wall of new releases and they'd have like 30 of, I don't know, the new Mission Impossible or something and every single one would be taken out. Yes. <laughs> so you'd have to like come up, find something new. Yeah. I miss those blockbuster days. <laughs> they had their charm, yeah. Yes, I I do really really still occasionally go to the lobby here. There is a video store mm-hmm. um, on 109th Street in White. They focus on horror movies. So <laughs> if you ever need horror movies or possibly for your other podcast, mm-hmm. you'll occasionally go there and pick something up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't so know it's still if I've around. ever been in a video store. I don't think I have. You should try it. <laughs> I mean the the lobby is. In a basement underneath a uh, a daycare, and I don't it's full it's, of horror movies. So. I don't think it's indicative of what video stores were like when no. we <laughs> used to go to them. Yeah, unfortunately, still pretty cool though. Unfortunately, I also wonder if that there's just like not as many quality movies directed as teenagers anymore. 
Um, and this might be rose-colored glasses, mm. but when we were growing up, it feels like the golden age the of 90s? teen movies. Yeah, we, we had yeah. things like Heathers and Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You. And then, like, when we turned 18 was right about when... That's mean... when everything went downhill. <laughs> well, no, when we turned 18 was right about when Mean Girls came out. And then... Lately, it's just like a lot of dystopian. Well, you got idea. your Love Simon. You got your Faults uh, um, in Our Stars. Eighth grade, like the kind edge of, of seventeen. Like there is some good the stuff. The kind of like realistic YA's coming back, right? I hope so. Oh. Maybe. Do you watch any of these? No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> or any Hunger Games or Divergent or Maze Runner. Yeah, I I don't, but like I've been surrounded by people who get really into it. So mm. I kind of, like I pick up everything by cultural osmosis mm. in terms of movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's my thing. So like I could probably recite the plot of Harry Potter pretty accurately. I've never read a book. I've never okay. seen one of the movies, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna do that because I don't want your entire podcast to be <laughs> reciting Harry Potter with no actual education on Harry Potter. <laughs> There's but, lots um, of other podcasts like- <laughs> that focus on exactly that. Yeah, so. I feel like there are podcasts that do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, but like. I know when Hunger Game Hunger Games came out, I think I was around sixth grade, seventh mm-hmm. grade, and it was really, really big, and it was mm-hmm. everywhere. And I'm like, well, now I don't need to read it because everybody's <laughs> told me what's wow. going on. But like, it was extremely massive mm-hmm. in my demographic, and like, people still read a lot of John Green books. Mm-hmm. Like, the, a new John Green book comes out, and then like the week after, every teenage girl in the high school or the junior high except you has a copy. Except me, because okay. I don't feel like I need to buy it if I can already hear everything that's Fair happening enough. from everybody else. Because I've read it, but Erin hasn't yet, and I keep oh, wondering if she's gonna like it. Oh yeah, no, I haven't read the new one. Yeah, I've read all the old ones. You bought it, but you didn't read. <laughs> it's on sale. <laughs> We're very vicarious consumers of yeah. popular culture. Like we kind of Fair pay attention enough. to to weird stuff that we're into, and then pick up the rest from. We well, have a lot of podcasts to listen to, so I do. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Now, Matt, as the the lit guy, can you yes. explain to us what why it is because it's it's very much a literary genre that's kind of bled out. Yeah, I mean. I also tend to think of the idea of literary as a genre unto itself because they're all designed to look a certain way. They're written a certain way. But uh, YA books... Um, stands for a, young adults. Stands for young adults. Up, up until really recently were the thing basically driving book sales in North America. Um, I go to conferences and every year the uh, organization that tracks Canadian book sales tells us you know, here, book sales were about here, but about like an inch of that was X. Yes. So a couple of years ago it was adult coloring books, yeah. but before then it was Divergent, um, Hunger Games books, Fifty Shades of Grey for a while there. And um, I think there's a misconception about YA that uh, they're exclusively made for young people. In mm-hmm. fact, I think it's like 40 to 50% of YA books are bought by adults. I think they just so. enjoy reading yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in uh, in Japan, there's a book classification called light novel, mm. which might be a better uh, suited term for YA because it's generally not written in a confusing way with lots of florid prose and that kind of thing. It's usually pretty straightforward and often like kind of high concept idea. Like what if kids had to fight in... Battle Royale, basically, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it can um, be realistic or kind of have genre elements. Yeah, you get both. You get kind of like your coming of age stories as well as yeah, robots or dystopian fighting rings or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, but 
you know, it's weird. We had um, we had uh, Nisha on to talk about uh, my so-called Bollywood life, mm-hmm. and that is definitely in the more realistic genre. But it is strange to me because I do follow quite a few um, authors and things on uh, Twitter, and most of the people, I, I guess I don't follow enough tweet teens on Twitter is the thing, because all I see is these adults talking about YA books. Yeah. Almost exclusively. They don't really talk about the new literary titles. Yeah. So I, I find it very confusing. Also, as someone who publishes almost exclusively literary <laughs> stuff, I'm very jealous of it because it makes a lot of money. Is it just a way of saying plot-driven, not artistic, not, you know, not playing with the genre of the novel, but just... Uh, a rip roaring story with characters that you can yeah. um, uh, but relate also, to. But also, the characters tend to be teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was that, going to say. That's a key part of but the genre. I think it's we... a signal to, like, it's going to be about teenagers and teenage life, which comes with a, which comes with heightened emotions, which right. I think is one of the things that drives people yeah. to young adult literature and, and, and to films as well, is, is that sense of heightened emotion mm-hmm. that I think you don't really necessarily feel as an adult, um, but we all kind of somewhat crave and we've all gone through that experience. So there's a sense of kind of nostalgia. I think that's why grafting classical literature on high school works so well because it's an era when, you know, things actually kind of feel like life and death and also where status matters in like a big way. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. YA is also such a huge catch-all because it is. On one on one hand, you could fit To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, The Catcher in the Rye, I don't know, maybe even the Lovely Bones, another Lovely Bones reference for you. Did you Ender's last Game. Time too? I was surprised. Like you could fit all kinds of you could fit all kinds of things in uh, that are considered literary masterpieces into mm. YA as well, because it's just a story about a, a young person growing up and dealing with things for the first time, usually. Yeah, I was surprised um, when the movie for Ender's Game came out that suddenly everyone was talking about it as being a YA novel. Yeah, I, I felt it was like a sci-fi novel. When, when we read, read it, it yeah. in high school, it was not considered YA. Yeah, author's a terrible human being, but, you know, uh, <laughs> that it's a good book. Is there a, a tendency to maybe angle for a, a YA designation for your book because it's I would so say popular? so. Yeah, if you can do it, it's what sells, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if... Like, again, I, I run a very small literary publishing house, but if I was at a big New York firm and you see a book come in that has some of those characteristics but is written for adults, you could say, hey, we could do this and sell 100 copies or we could change it up, change the writing style, amp up the emotional tone, and let's sell a million copies. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I think a lot of it is marketing. Yeah. And even though the, it feels like a lot of the audience for YA novels is grown up, um, I still think there's lots, like you said, when, when the big next um, green novel comes out, everybody picks it up. I think it, it kind of um, challenges the stereotype that kids these days don't read. Mm-hmm. Kids these days read so much, so yeah. much more than kids my age did, um, or my generation did. And, and it's, not, it's not just books, right? Like we talked about in the Creepypasta and the um, yeah. fan fiction episodes, if that's a thing. Um, Young people are writing a ton, they're reading a ton, they're interacting with people a ton. It's just not necessarily in the traditional ways that they used to. Sometimes you have to keep it from your parents. You don't want them to see that you're reading a book <laughs> oh or talking to Oh my god, I'm like, sort of glad I didn't know some of the things you were reading, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> but like, you look at a format like Wattpad and it's, 
It's designed more for uh, like young adults, just in, even the way the site looks. Yeah. To an older person, it looks very confusing. Mm-hmm. Or Tumblr. I don't get Tumblr. I mean, I refuse to get Tumblr. <laughs> on we have a Tumblr. I know we have a Tumblr, but all we do is put our show notes on it. It's true. We don't actually use we, We'll occasionally like reblog. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Um, a picture? But you do spend a lot of time on Wattpad. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you think that it's it's made for you? Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's made for girls and boys my age and a smidge older. So, yeah, we just, like, read a lot online. And then mm-hmm. our parents don't know and they can't complain about it. It's great. <laughs> I have had, uh, I have seen studies, though, saying that when uh, kids buy books, they almost exclusively want print. Ebooks were for old people. Mm. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, my parents like them, but I don't. You can see in there. There's yeah. <laughs> tons of books. I would rather have a paper over ebook any day. Well, why would you pay for something you can't hold or that exactly. you can lose when your device fails? Right? Yeah. I spend, you're not getting your money's worth. Mm-hmm. I spend enough time reading on screens if I want to read a book. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be looking. Yeah, at I'm reading on screens screen. all day at my job where we make books. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's yeah. All right, moving on to to Bollywood. Mm -hmm. Have either of you ever seen a Bollywood movie before? No. No, this was our our first experience. And uh, I guess maybe not surprising that Elizabeth hadn't, but I'm old. I should have seen one by now, but I just don't watch very many movies in general. Yeah, Um, it's it's honestly not that surprising. (laughs) I mean, you know, I... I never would have seen one if it wasn't for universities. So yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. and then that got you into the genre, and then you eventually yes. yeah. yeah. But they're they've never been easier to get than ever. Mm-hmm. So now's the time if you want to watch more. If you like these, Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's absolutely. thousands. Yeah, well, not thousands on Netflix, but there are thousands. <laughs> <laughs> there's a limited number on Netflix, but yes, there there are thousands. I would say that these two movies that you had us watch were um, different from the stereotype in my mm-hmm. head of Bollywood yeah. movies. And so I know enough from listening to your show that that sort of um, traditional, you know, some kind of pop boiler that occasionally breaks into a big song and mm-hmm. dance number is not the only kind of movie that yeah. comes out of India. Um, but the, neither of these stories is that kind of thing either. Right? In fact, I would say it's Secret Superstar kind of parodies that in yeah. American conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, these are both kind of much more realistic, I guess, um, that I think the typical kind of 90s wedding mm-hmm. <laughs> rom-com with People gangsters. People running around trees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in what ways did or didn't it meet kind of your expectations for Bollywood? <laughs> and did I, you have yeah you had some so, I had, yeah. well I had some I don't know if you did um, I don't watch a ton of movies and like mm. I, I haven't watched anything where I've gotten that stereotype of Bollywood it was just this vague idea Bollywood exists somewhere and I've never <laughs> encountered it and I'm walking down my path and oh here is some I guess I will watch it now so I think <laughs> mom the has worst more attitude. <laughs> yeah, I think mom has more opinions than I do yeah. just by virtue of more time to form an opinion on Bollywood <laughs> than I've had well, I I thought I actually want to to ask you guys a little bit more about the music in both of those movies mm-hmm. when we get into each movie because um, I don't necessarily have the background to know um, the significance of some of the choices, especially for the ones that seem to be fueled by nostalgia, but it's mm-hmm. nostalgia for a time that I'm not aware of. 
Sure. Um, I thought there would be more singing than, I mean, there is some, right? But it's mm-hmm. not, they weren't musicals, right? They were, yes. they, they, they were, um, they were movies that had some music in them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, musical format doesn't always translate. The musical, as we'd understand it, is kind of the Broadway style. They've tried that a few times and it doesn't seem to take. Mm. And I would argue that Gippy um, is much more in the line of a Hollywood style YA film. Mm-hmm. And it also didn't do very well. So, oh, it didn't? No. No. It, didn't. Um, it was a flop. And I'm going to argue that uh, since um, the Masala formula is supposed to try and get everyone in the audience interested, all. All Bollywood movies are kind of YA to begin with, or like they have elements to try and entice teenagers and young people to enjoy them as well. Yeah, that's something that not all, not all of them. Yeah, but yeah not all of them. But your big four quadrant blockbusters—they try and hit everybody. Yeah, and that's something that Matt and I were thinking about coming into this show was that there aren't a lot of Bollywood movies that we've encountered that are about teenagers. Mm. There are a lot of them that are about college students, mm-hmm. and college ends up being kind of like very big in Bollywood. But not as many about teenagers, and I think I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, one, even though a lot of the actors are always playing oft or often playing characters who are much younger than they are, it's a stretch to to put them in their high school days. Yeah. Um, and but whereas it's not as much of a stretch to put them in college. Mm-hmm. I also think you're it, an adult by the time you get to college. Yeah, I also think it potentially reflects kind of. Um, my perception of what dating age is in India mm. is I think it starts to happen more in college than in in high school. And again, that's just a perception that I have here. Um, that might, I might be totally wrong on that, but that's I think I think that's correct. Yeah. People will um, let us know. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like dating age is changing even in Canada yeah. now. Hmm. Like there's four. Yeah. Feels like there's fewer people that are in relationships in, in, in hmm. junior high and high school for you than there was when I was in. Um, I think we're more jaded about it. Certainly, <laughs> I mean, we've been getting statistics about how many relationships fail for long enough that we're kind of like, True. it's doomed. Mm. Do we go for it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that encourages most people to go for it. But. Fair enough. The other thing is I think because the Bollywood romantic comedy is is rather Shakespearean in that um, it's looking towards a marriage, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot more realistic to be discussing that with college-aged characters than it is with high school-aged characters. And so kind of like the other big example of a movie that we felt like was very um, YA or teen-oriented, but technically it's about college students, is Student of the Year. Yeah, we had to look up to see what school they were in. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, which is very much like Bollywood doing Archie, ah, okay. um, even though oh. Bollywood is actually going to be doing Archie. That's going to be weird. The, <laughs> the sequel to Student of the Year is like even more Archie because it's going to have two girls and a guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we noticed that there's like not a lot of movies necessarily about teenagers, about like your kind of your your fourteen to to your kind of seventeen mm-hmm. demographic. But I also think that like. Because you have um, more diversity of genre in popular mainstream Bollywood cinema, I think there is more stuff for for teens. Like I think there's elements in in most Bollywood movies that appeal to teens because well, the rom com is like also, still crazy. Popular. There's also the thing you noted a long time ago that uh, in YA fiction, 
a lot of the time it's the characters are aged a little bit higher than the audience because yeah. it's aspirational. Right. Yes. You if you're a junior high kid, you want to know what it's like to be in high school. If you're in high yeah. school, you want to know what it's like to have a job. Or so because know. there's so many movies about college students, it makes sense that like teenagers would enjoy movies about mm-hmm. college students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so these are <laughs> but these are two cool. kind of like rare examples that we could find of. Um, Films that are actually about teenage girls, and, yeah. they're, and they're played by actresses who are the around the very close mm-hmm. to the age of the, the characters. characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, which and I the also thought singer was it uh, was fifteen as well, right? In yes, Secret in Superstar. Secret Superstar, even yeah. the playback singer was fifteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, which is like I can't think of another film where um, the the playback singer felt so like just kind of their their voice and their personality felt so kind of integral to the movie. Do we have anything else to add about Bollywood or YA or teen films in general? Did, did these strike you as kind of different than the teen films we see here in the West? Was there um, any kind of surprising differences? I think more so in Gippy, actually, there were some subversions of mm-hmm. the cliches as I know mm-hmm. them. Like, the main teen movie I've seen is Mean Girls for mm-hmm. health class, which I'm health not sure... I'm, yeah. Chlamydia, okay. <laughs> It's my favorite joke. It's uh, such a good joke. Like, it was supposed to be our This Is Why Bullying Is Bad movie in my grade 7 health class, which was... Oh, it wasn't, a, it wasn't to teach you how to no, spell chlamydia? No, okay. it, was, it was such a weird choice for the school yeah. to make, and I feel like they do it every year and it doesn't make any more sense. <laughs> but, like, that was the main one I could compare to and mm. I did see I think there was a direct homage at least once and there were a lot of subversions that Mean Girls of the things that Mean Girls set out as mm. things that are integral to mm. the teen high school movie mm-hmm. in the minds of people my age and I, I haven't really seen a lot of teen movies since uh, like Molly Ringwald days mm-hmm. so like I'm of the those were the of, days <laughs> pretty in pink and 16 candles doesn't and, know who Molly Ringwald is <laughs> oh. <laughs> pretty in pink also unfortunately racist Oh, just yes. like Kippy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I kind of, I'm just finding a They're lot. They're keeping of that tradition alive. Yeah, there's some racism. There's some like weird um, uh, invasion of the space of the girl in a lot of mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. places. And and um, but I also thought that when I think back, and I really I haven't seen those John Hughes movies for decades. Uh, some of them hold up better than others. I think Pretty Pretty and Prank ends up being a really uncomfortable watch these yeah, days. But I, I would think so. Ferris Bueller is fine. Yeah, we saw Ferris <laughs> Bueller, fun. and that was mostly, yeah, there was yeah. nothing cringy there. But I did think that um, Gippy had way more um, development of the parental characters yeah. than a lot of those John Hughes. Like, in John Hughes movies, they're really cardboard yeah. cutouts. They're there to, to throw... Um, obstacles in the way of our You're hero. grounded, etc. Yeah, but yeah. they're not real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I think, reflects Bollywood um, and Indian culture itself because the family is so important. And so a lot, like a lot of the romantic comedies that we see... Um, this is Because again, grandma, the, the, these films yeah. kind of do do feel like an offshoot from, from rom-coms, which is why I keep mm-hmm. mentioning mm-hmm. them. Um, but parents are such an important... Parts like the family unit is such an important part of the film um, that you don't really see here in the West. Like you have these scenes in movies where like people are introducing their fiance to their parents for the first time, and I'm yeah. like, how can you have had an entire relationship and gotten engaged and never met your partner's fiance? 
Um, which I guess also happens in Bollywood because sometimes the couple is meeting for the first time yes. and they get engaged. <laughs> yeah. but different circumstances. It's, it, 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 it's kind of different. So uh, I thought it was interesting to kind of, kind of being familiar with um, both sides or kind of both kind of these narratives in the West as well as my familiar with Bollywood. I found it interesting to see places where it felt like it was um, emulating or pulling from uh, the kinds of coming of age stories I'm used to, yeah. mm-hmm. and then just things that were that were that were different because it's 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 coming from a different culture. Yeah, uh, and so that I really, I mean, I do this podcast, so obviously I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I should hope so. It's been like 72 episodes. If you don't actually like this, you could tell me. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that brings us to Gippy. Matt, do you want to set up Gippy for us? Okay, we're going straight into Gippy. Okay. So, uh, Gippy came out in 2013, was directed by Sonam Nair, and it was her first film, right? Yeah, and she hasn't really done much since. She's done a short and some TV work. She um, has an adult comedy in the works with Dharma. I don't think that means adult comedy, like like adult film. I think what they're trying to say is that it's going to be about adults. Yeah. Dharma is Karen Johar's production company, and Karen Johar is known for launching people's careers. Uh, so Student of the Year, which we mentioned, is a film that came out in 2012, and essentially launched the career of Ali Abbas, Siddharth Malhotra, and Varun Dhawan, who are three of the um, biggest and kind of most important young actors in Bollywood now. Unfortunately, it didn't really seem to kickstart anything for anyone in Gippy. Yeah, which I find really interesting because Johar is seen as such a like he's a star maker. maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know he he just released a film uh, this weekend, which he produced, um, which is launching uh, Street Debbie's daughter, John B. Kapoor. Um, and it's the second film for uh, Shahid Kapoor's brother, uh, Ishan Qatar. It, it's just, it's interesting to me uh, that this is kind of one of the rare... This was a gamble. The rare places where he seems to have really kind of flopped, and I think unfortunately so. And no one talks about this movie. No one really. <laughs> this disappeared without a trace. Oh. Uh, but it stars uh, Rhea Vij, uh, Jayati Modi, Taha Shah, Divya Dutta, Murnal Chawla... Arbaz Kadwani and Dorva Tripathi as teens. Yeah, Divya Dutta, who plays the um, the mother role in the film, is probably the most recognizable um, in the bunch because she has been in things like Bag Maka Bag and uh, Delhi Six. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you want me to give you the plot? Sure. We'll just say yeah. It came out to mixed reviews, and yeah. as we've alluded to, it it really it really flopped. Yeah. So Gippy is a young girl. In Shimla, I believe, mm-hmm. up in the mountains, and she goes to a school, and she's not particularly popular. She's got a couple friends; they call themselves kind of nerdy loser types. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's kind of uh, on the one hand, she meets an older guy who goes to the high school attached to her school, mm-hmm. and then kind who smokes. of th- he smokes. He's cool. <laughs> yes, he you smokes. Know. So he much. keeps smoking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> started and all yeah. the anti-smoking ads came on, I was like, how much smoking is there in this movie? Yeah. Lots. <laughs> Every time he's lots. on screen. Did, yeah. you, did you like the cigarette smoking is a juries to health thing in the bottom? Oh, uh, well, we were just kind of traumatized by the TSAs I mean, at the oh. beginning. I, I wasn't traumatized. I was fine, but my brother's just like curling up into a ball in the corner. Like, I get it. Oh, I get it. Boy. Well, hopefully he never smokes. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully it works. Hopefully yeah. it's effective. But anyway, uh, Gippy and uh, Arjun 
she thinks that he likes her, whereas he's just kind of stringing her along because he's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> really? Such a jerk. He thought it was kind of funny, I guess, okay. to have a friend who was young. I really wanted Arjun to be redeemed in the movie. He never quite was. No, he just kind of leaves. <laughs> but uh, after a big dust-up at this popular girl's house, Gippy um, and Arjun, you know, this comes to light. Gippy says, well, I'm just going to become the class president. Head girl, I'm going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the movie is her... Um, working towards this goal of becoming the head girl and also realizing, do I want to be that person? Because mm-hmm, yeah. you have to be a real type A person who does all their work, for instance. <laughs> I have to be an actual good student yeah. and person? Jeez, yeah. this is a lot of work. Gippy would rather party and eat cake and stuff. <laughs> She's very relatable. She is relatable. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably more of a Gibby than a, what, Shemire was the popular one, yeah. I think? Yeah. I'm more of a Gibby. Oh, I know I'm more of a Shemire. You're a Shemire, yeah. yeah I know. But um, she, ha- she has to decide if she wants to become this, you know, new person who wants to, you know, strive and not, not eat fatty food. Because mm-hmm. that's something I don't think you've seen a Western YA film either. That's just like, yeah. Right. Yeah, because she's a, she's a little bit chubbier, but I don't think the film ever, like, the film certainly never, like, fat shames her. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, no? Some of the times when, like, when she falls off her chair, isn't that meant to be sort of like a, hmm. a, a subtle fat joke? Maybe a little. <sighs> I guess. Or when she's trying to get her school uniform on. I don't know how much of that is, is a puberty thing and how much of that mm, is, a, is a weight thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's a fair and point. And that's something... very skinny, right? Like, she's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's something that, um, that like, kind of Megan McCarthy's always criticized mm. for, like, with Spy mm. and stuff, is she puts herself in a lot of, like, pratfall comedy um, that people think, like, why why is she kind of, like, leaning into that? So yeah. there are there are a few moments that I think are, are similar, yeah, with her falling off a chair that just kind of, like, make her body the spectacle of humor. Yeah. Although she doesn't seem to have any shame about yeah. who she is. No. And when they're working on that sort of the transformation montage, she's, you know, thinking, well, Shamir is skinny, I guess I should lose some weight. But it's not like a thing that she really feels strongly yeah. about. <laughs> and I think by the end of the film, I mean, I love her doing sit-ups and like trying to eat a donut, is yeah. it? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's very relatable. <laughs> I worked out this morning and it was rough. <laughs> I would have liked. I would have liked someone hanging a donut. Um, but I. But yeah. By the end of the film, she's very much like eat all the samosas yeah. you want. Yeah. So um, I think. I think it handles. Like I mean, we don't see a lot of um, kind of different body types in Bollywood, especially with the the younger sure. actors. We see yeah. just a lot of really skinny guys and girls. So I really appreciated kind of having a heroine who. Um, looks like a normal girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I guess I should say that uh, Gippy's parents are also divorced. Mm-hmm. She lives with her mother, yeah. and her father is getting married to a white lady yes. um, who is practicing her Hindi, <laughs> uh, familiar to people of the po- who listen to our podcast. No <laughs> uh, but uh, Gippy's also kind of torn between the two parents, and is kind of mad at her dad for leaving her mother in the lurch. So that's another. Fairly relatable uh, thing that going on with her mother too. Mm-hmm. That's part of her being a whole character. She has a little arc of her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and her relationship with her mother, I think, is kind of um, one of the the stronger parts of the film, where yes. she just kind of um, starts to see what her mom is going through with this kind of with dealing with uh, her 
her ex-husband's remarriage and kind of really, you know, she really, but she really is there for her brother and her mom by the end of the movie. That that family, yeah, not, unit kind not of very really much at the beginning. Together. They're kind of combative, but near the end, yeah, she realizes. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you guys think? Um, I did not adore this movie, but it's hard to get me to adore this genre because I'm like stubborn. You want me to like it, so I won't. Like <laughs> that, that tends to be my YA approach most of the time. Okay. Uh, Mom laughed a lot. I, I kept a tally of all the time she laughed. Oh man, how many we <laughs> got? Um, let's see, five. 10, Mom 15, laughed 20, counter. Twenty twenty five times where she was audibly laughing. One of which is a dick joke. I'm reading. Yeah, one of the. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I specifically noted that one because now she can't get mad if we make okay. offensive People jokes. People can't hear. I laugh at everything. <laughs> That's yeah. a memorable one, I guess. <laughs> What's the dick joke? I don't remember now. Uh, All I remember is that she was very, very <laughs> amused by that one, and my brother wanted me to make notes so we could blackmail her later. Here we are. It's a. It's recorded for posterity now. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. But um. <laughs> Like I, I think I'd give it like a two stars, two and a half stars personally. Out of, what? Out of five. Oh, five. Okay. It's always out of Average, five. Yeah. I don't know where people I don't know understand why anyone Some does four. Did four. I know Ebert does or did four. It's five. It's fine. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a nice pretty number. Average film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Unmemorable film, perhaps, is the word I yeah. I'd use. I'd agree. Like Ant Man and the Wasp style. That came out Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I liked it a little bit better than you did, but I mean, I think part of this is I watch almost no movies, so mm-hmm. and, like a movie is meant to be entertaining. Almost any movie is going to be kind of, oh, yeah. now that I actually sat down and watched a movie, it's kind of good. It's uh, nice to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. I really liked um, Gippy. Like, I liked mm-hmm. her. Like, the, I thought the actress was good, and, mm-hmm. I, and, and I liked, and, and I did really get um, pulled into the relationship between the mom and daughter as I would, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm watching this show with my teenage daughter and her little brother. Like, there's so many parallels yeah. <laughs> in mm-hmm. both movies that, that I, I found interesting. This is the one to have parallels with, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. I really like the moment when kind of, like, Gippy's upset about stuff happening at school and all this stuff with Arjun and her brother kind of tries. Her brother Boo Boo, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tries to cheer her up, um, and she's really, really mean to him. And essentially, yeah. like her insults are all related to him potentially being gay. Yeah, yeah. That, um, was, that was hard to take. I think that was really hard to take, and I, I think she's specifically trying to hurt his feelings. Though. She is, yeah. and I loved her mother's response of like, "He's your brother. You need to like, you know, apologize to him." And then kind of when that whole little like when that little um, conflict solves itself and the, and the three of them kind of come together and, and she realizes, you know, I, I can't treat my family this way. I can't treat the people I love. Like, that's where I felt like the film was strongest. Yeah. Whereas I kind of felt like some of the stuff at school was just, it was a lot more cliched. Like, how many movies have we seen with, like, chemistry partners? Yeah. And we're doing a teen movie, so we have to do all these things at the school because it's a teen movie. Like, that, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I and thought that she was unnecessarily mean to the the boy who liked her. Actually, yes. in both movies, yeah, that was. They never was really established why she just started being mean to him. It didn't stop until she's like, "And now we will be dating for the rest of the movie." <laughs> and I'm like, I think um, we're supposed to take that he's hanging out with the popular girl. Yeah. So the only reason he would hang out with her is it's some sort of trap, or he's making fun of her. But it is kind of. 
Honestly, it's it's hard to follow. It had a lot of Twilight parallels. Because oh. Twilight starts off with this whole thing of like Bella thinking that Edward hates her. Um, and I I think they're also in chemistry class, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Yeah, they are there. Yeah. Why do I know that? Yeah, why do you know that? You didn't yes. read Twilight. I know this because I actually studied Twilight in vampire literature class oh. in university. Yeah, that's your excuse. Um, <laughs> Too much YouTube. <laughs> and so and so I actually kind of that like he's not a vampire. That, that um, we know of. That we know of, <laughs> but that kind of, like, um, she constantly thinking that, like, he doesn't act, like, that he doesn't like her and that he hates her. Yeah. Um, I think it's certainly in other teen narratives it's as well. But just the way, the way that it was pre- presented just it was, very Twilight to me. Yeah. It wasn't made ambiguous enough to the audience, mm-hmm. I felt yeah. like. Yeah. It was so clear he liked her. Yeah. Yeah. Her, yeah. Right? So. I, think it, I think we're supposed to read it as a self-esteem thing. Like, oh, she doesn't really like herself that much. But she also kind of does. She kind of yeah. does. She likes herself yeah. fine. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was confusing. The, the kid in Secret Superstar, he was kind of annoying. So I could see why she didn't like yeah. him at first. Yeah. Oh, I liked him. He's, yeah. like, he's, better, like, he's better later. But at the yeah. beginning, he's just kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. Can we, so, so Boo Boo kind of becomes um, Gippy's uh, campaign manager, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so this was we, coming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. the, the most distressing part of the movie yes. is, is this weird uh, performance that involves blackface, which was... Yep. So yeah. We didn't know about that one. <laughs> we should have edited it first. I, I watched, I had like looked up the song... Um, before we watch the film, which I don't do often, and I saw that, and I was like, "Oh no, what have I done?" Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's it blackface. Ha- it now, happens sometimes. I am not entirely sure um, what song they're performing because I get the impression that they're performing something that's known or that would be known to the audience. Yeah. Um, because Gippy's a big fan of Shami Kapoor. Right. Who's a classic star. And in the opening, you see her put in um, The Best of Helen, which is hilarious because Helen's Helen not a singer. didn't sing yeah, any of those songs. Those are just all songs that she would have um, uh, appeared in oh, as okay. lip syncing and Kinda dancing. Kind of like Ghost World, actually, at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. 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 So, um, but That's she's a movie put, from like 20 years ago. But she's putting <laughs> in um, a CD, so she's not actually seeing Helen perform. Right. Uh, so, like, Gippy is, it, it's established that Gippy's a fan of Bollywood, specifically of Bollywood music. Right. Um, so I kind of, I thought that performance might be echoing something. Mm. Maybe yeah, something. it's probably the original But dance. because this movie flopped, there's very little information on it, and so kind of just in my cursory research, I couldn't figure out what it was, and so I don't know if that blackface is supposed to be specifically referencing something from a previous Bollywood film. Or if it's just uncomfortable blackface in the middle of a film. Yeah, yeah. Um, it happens sometimes. So Yeah, I will say that I have found with um, Asian popular culture um, that they, and this is not just in India, I see this a lot with films from the Philippines, um, but that they don't read blackface as offensive right. because they don't have that... Um, this that same history of racism, mm-hmm. um, they have or, a different history or of that tradition <laughs> exactly. There wasn't minstrel shows there exactly, wasn't. Mm-hmm. or that tradition of blackface, um, kind of that the what we saw, sorry, what we see with minstrel shows yeah. and kind of like um, Birth of a Nation. Yeah. And, Dutch people and though, they have like no that. excuse with the 
the Black Peter thing. Just not. So that. I, <laughs> I, I think it's really offensive, and yeah. I don't think it should ever be in a movie unless it's unless it's being commented on um, or unless it's in a historical yeah. context. I don't understand what it's doing here. Yeah. Um, it, at least it didn't go over in the room, right? Like yeah. The, the other students. They thought it was really, weird too. They, yeah. yeah. They was like, yeah. "What are you even doing?" I think she's referencing like a 70s thing. And all the other kids were like, we're kids. We don't know what that is. Mm. Yeah, it's... And it's too bad because Boo Boo's a great character. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really I like him. I liked him in every other part of the yes. movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting kind of like cultural disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my opinion, blackface is so apart from that, wrong. So <laughs> apart from the blackface, how realistic was the movie? The friendships between the more extroverted female characters was mm. pretty accurate. To how mm-hmm. I see it, like they are very touchy feely from my experience. That yeah. kind of friendship, which I refuse to have with anybody because it weird, <laughs> weirds me out. Um, Understandable. I, yeah, you are antisocial. That, that relationship <laughs> between Gippy and her best friend and God, I can't remember names for anything. Ancha. Ancha. Yeah, I yeah. loved her. I loved her. They had a really strong friendship, and like you really felt that, and that mm-hmm. was that felt pretty realistic to me. I feel like all like YA stories have that like the two best friends fall like mm-hmm. have a falling out, but then they get back together. This one happens in like too. 15 seconds. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Very she, she didn't even actually do anything. She was yeah. she considered it and then felt bad and apologized for thinking about it. Yeah, yeah that was nice. Yeah, they, they tripped off ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> this yeah. was short. It was like yeah. ninety three minutes. Yeah, short movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> I also liked the. Um, this is very um, typical. This kind of movie, but kind of the the montage of teachers. And the like the cool chemistry teacher, yeah. which oh, yeah. Yeah. reminded me of of the Kras in Yes, <laughs> yes, the Kras, the Kras. Yeah. That guy shouldn't have been a teacher to begin. No. <laughs> well, he wasn't by the end of the show. Yeah. How did you get hired in the first place? Yeah. Oh, I knew oh, teachers like that. That was such a good show. Right, we yeah, there was a few. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, does anyone have anything else to add about Gippy? It's. It's sweet, but I, I see why it was kind of forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think it's too bad because I would like to see Rhea Vige in, in something else. Yeah. I think I think she shows a lot of promise as an actress. Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of uh, charisma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All okay. right. Well, uh, Time for interval. Yeah. We've got a song from Secret Superstar uh, heat up here for a song sample. So that's Maine Cohen coming up. Dar lagta hai sapnon se kar dena ye tabar Dar lagta hai apnon se de dena ye daga Main chand hu ya daag hu main rakh hu ya aag hu main boond hu ya hu leher main hu suku ya hu pehar If you're a young creative looking to get a project off the ground in Edmonton or Calgary, you need to check out the ATV branch for arts and culture. It's a clubhouse, arts venue, and financial institution for Albertan creatives and cultural workers. Our members have access to industry-specific banking services and career development resources designed to help them do their very best work. They understand the challenges that artists face because they're artists themselves. 
For more information about what's going on in ATB, including where to find the arts and culture branches, go to atb.com. Both Gippy and Secret Superstar focus on the relationship between teenagers and their parents. And while both of our young heroines have strong and supportive mothers, the portrait of fatherhood in these films is, well, not exactly a model for a healthy family life. Luckily, I can recommend The Undad, a podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB, hosted by one of the funniest men I know, Trent Wilkie. On The Undad, Trent, a writer, performer, and father of two, provides a blunt and goofy take on being a parent in this bizarre modernity. You can find The Undad podcast at theundad.com. For more information about the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was Maine Conhoon from Secret Superstar. So Secret Superstar came out in 2017, near the end of the year. It's directed by Advait Chandan. It's first movie, right? It's his first film, yeah. It's the yeah. first his first uh, first film one. he directed. Yeah. Did a good job. Yeah, and from what I understand, he was inspired by uh, conversations that they were having on Amir Khan's talk show, hmm. um, just kind of about everyday heroes, and he felt like um, you know, like young women supporting their families were were like the real superheroes, and so he kind of wanted to make a movie about that, and then um, also wanted to make a movie about. Uh, the possibilities of the internet. Mm-hmm. So that kind of came together into Secret Superstar. So it stars Zaira Wasim, uh, who was previously in Amir Khan's Dangal. Um, playing his daughter in that one. Yes, playing one of his daughters, uh, which is still the highest grossing Indian film of all time. She won a National Film Award for that. Um, that really rocketed her to fame. And so it was very, very smart of, of both her and Amir Khan to kind of have an immediate follow-up that put her front and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, her mother is played by Mira Vij. Her father is played by Raj Arjun. Uh, Amir Khan himself shows up as a Shakti Kumar. Kumar! Who, <laughs> um, who's like a bit of a ham. He's yeah. uh, this uh, celebrity music producer. Simon who's, Cowell type. Yeah, 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 who's like... A jerk and completely full of himself, even though kind of like his best work, um, you know, is kind of a decade old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still kind of like, he just kind of resting on his laurels and his celebrity. Uh, her, she's a love interest played by uh, Turth Sharma. And her little brother, again, another little brother, is played by Kabir Sajid Sheikh. Um, What's really interesting that we mentioned kind of earlier in this episode is that um, all of Zyra Wasim's songs, because she plays a singer, um, are sung by Meghna Mishra, who is herself a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, this is also kind of a, not kind of just a star-making performance for Zyra Wasim, but also for Meghna Mishra. And the songs were done by Amit Trivedi, uh, who's one of my favorite Bollywood composers. And you also uh, thought that the songs are written what a 15-year-old girl would be singing about. Yes. It's yes. not a lot of love songs. You know, she does a song for her mom and how much she appreciates her mom. She does a song um, kind of questioning her identity. But you know, when she's asked to do a love song that has the word sexy in it, you know, she feels uncomfortable because yeah. she's a 15-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I really, really appreciated that because, um, 
we have this way of like as a society really sexualizing teenagers mm -hmm. um but here like i think it's very clear that that's inappropriate yeah yeah and the uh, style of singing like she, it's all it's sort of pop sort of folk it's, mm -hmm. it's accompanied by acoustic guitar that she that the character plays herself mm -hmm. and it's it's um sort of it's a pure voice singing about pure things, right? Mm -hmm. Early Taylor Swift without the country twang. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a very... Although Taylor Swift, even in the early days, was always singing about ex-boyfriends. Yeah. Um, but Sing there's a know, similar... Right? <laughs> like, songs like Mean, that kind of... Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so it was nominated for 10 Filmfare Awards and won three. Uh, Best Actress Critics for Zyra Wasim. Uh, best Supporting Actress for Mara Vige, and Best Playback Singer Female, yeah. <laughs> which is great to see. Um, it had extremely positive reviews and was a huge box office hit. It is currently the fourth highest grossing Indian film of all time after Dengal, Bahubali 2, and Bajrani Bajan. Can you uh, imagine that? This movie about a 15-year-old girl helping her mother out of a domestic abuse <laughs> relationship is the fourth highest grossing Hindi film, oh, Indian film. Indian film. It's the third time. highest grossing Hindi yeah. film. Yeah. This that. is a gigantic success. Yeah. Uh, Aaron will tell you what it beat out in the theaters. Uh, well, it was a phenomenon in China. It made $124.4 million in mainland China. Um, as opposed to the 13 million that it made in India. Wow. It was still a huge success in India, yeah. but it was a colossal success in China. The week it debuted in China, it was the second highest grossing film in the world wow. after Jumanji. Did you remember hearing about this at all, though? No. <laughs> no. 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 Western uh, media just fall asleep just, on the it, job it, again. It, it ignored it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah it, 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 which is such a shame because it's a very good movie, which we'll get into. Yeah. It's opening um, weekend gross in China was more than double its lifetime gross in India. So like $26 million first weekend yeah. in China. And um, it made more money in China than uh, Jumanji, The Last Jedi, Black Panther, and many other mainstream Hollywood movies. Yeah. Um, so... Like this movie, I, Amir Khan is very, very big in China. His previous film, Dangal, did ex exceptionally well there. And then this again just like kept that going. You said they and actually changed the rules about how many non Chinese films entered the country because of this, right? Um, no, that has been changing. Oh. Um, because mainland China only allows a certain number of foreign language films into their theaters. Uh, and because of the popularity of Dangal and Secret Superstar, they've been allowing more Indian films in. So uh, Hindi Medium, yeah. which is a film about a uh, kind of a nouveau riche couple who want their daughter to go to the best um, preschool ever. That movie has also done extremely well in China and kind of um, they're just they're starting to release more of them. So in the West, there is this narrative about the the rise of the big stupid blockbuster mm -hmm. out of Hollywood mm -hmm. that has not that much dialogue and not that much complexity because really where the money is is internationally. And what I'm hearing from you is like Chinese audiences like more than just Transformers beating up each other mm -hmm. or, or gigantic robots doing whatever so Transformers beating up <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. yeah what I've read with um, with the success of Dongal Secret Superstar and Hindi Medium is that 
Um, there's a lot of issues in those films that the Chinese audience um, really respond to, especially women. With Secret Superstar, Chinese audiences really responded to a lot of the the feminist um, elements of the film about this uh, this young girl kind of um, exerting her independence and. What I read is that they are arguing that there's a correlation in women calling the police for domestic violence cases and the popularity of the film. Wow. I don't know if that's true, yeah. <laughs> but that has shown up in, in some articles I've seen. Uh, and with uh, Hindi Medium, apparently a lot, of, uh, a lot of people really responded to um, the, the pressure that parents feel to have their children succeed. And so that really resonated with them. So, you know, these these are these are kind of universal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think regardless of uh, your background and what culture you come from, I think Super, Secret Superstar has stuff in it that that everyone can relate to, and everyone yep. can want to root for this young woman and her mom. Yes. You know, to kind of break free and 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 have some independence and and it's easier to work for than a robot yeah i think so it's a lot more human more, more relatable. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, I i do agree with you it's the narrative that we're told about um these hollywood movies that are being made for export that do really popular in china it's different kind of stuff um that's that's kind of landing with audiences hollywood really pushes out those um big kind of genre blockbusters and India is sending different stuff over there. I mean, they've also sent Bahubali, which yeah, it's a fantasy is a big genre so, yeah. piece and that has done really well. But yeah, you want to say the... Yeah, so uh, Zyra Wasim stars as Insia. She's a teenage girl in India in a Muslim family and her father is abusive. Kind of when the film's opens, she's been on a school trip and her mom comes to pick her up and she's wearing big sunglasses because uh, her mother has a giant, giant black eye. Mm-hmm. Um, she is understandably very upset by this and she's very protective of her mother and her little brother, Gudu. Uh, she wants to enter a talent competition because she is a singer and a songwriter and the person who wins the talent competition uh, gets a laptop and a free year of internet. But unfortunately, her father does not allow her to enter. So to surprise her... It barely even comes up. Yeah. Yeah, he's He's just... such a a bad and violent mood that she can't even ask him. Can't even ask him. And she ends up kind of wiping up some spilled doll with the, the flyer that she was going to use to ask him. He... This man clearly thinks that women are useless. Yes. He has. And, and that is made very clear later on in the film. He has no interest in women, no respect for them. Um, and that shows in the way that he treats his daughter and his wife. Um, to cheer her up, Insia's mother uh, buys a laptop and, and gives it to her. And she and so the two of them and uh, Gudu then kind of discover the world that is the internet in one of kind of my favorite sequences nice. in the film. <laughs> because the internet is so often in movies shown as a scary place, mm-hmm. as a dangerous place. I think of like, you know, when I was growing up, we had The Net with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> but now we have like another unfriended film coming out. Like there's this, there's this real fear of the internet. But in this film, the internet is liberating. Yes. The internet gives um, gives. It like shows people other parts of the world and it's entertaining and uh, and educational and it just it gives them access to to things that they wouldn't have access to otherwise. Uh, one night, Insia kind of sees a YouTube video of someone performing a song 
and she gets an idea and she dons a burqa to hide her identity and puts one of her songs online and overnight in one of the most unrealistic yes. <laughs> that, that's pretty unrealistic yes. she has no mic she has no lighting she's just recording this with like the camera on her laptop just but throwing it anyways, to youtube too you don't need perfect to youtube that. video um, overnight she becomes a success and she is the, you know, the secret superstar, this, this singer that everyone is obsessed with, including Amitabh Bachchan, um, and really invested in, but no one knows who she is. And so then the rest of the film is about Nzia's desire to kind of want to, to be a singer, to have that success, but she's struggling with this violent home life that she has and because of her father's actions um she loses the laptop and she shuts down her channel but on the side she's been contacted by shakti kumar who flies her out to mumbai so that she can record some music with him and that he's becomes successful by everybody yes. Yes. <laughs> and that becomes successful and through him she's able to meet a divorce lawyer and try and convince her mother that uh that she should leave her dad Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not about sums up the film. Yeah, you didn't spoil I, the ending either. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like a lot of people have seen this film, but yeah. I think you know, I think it still has the potential to find audiences like yourselves, oh, yeah. and you guys liked it. I, yes. Yes. yes, I liked it a lot. Yeah, wasn't as cliched as Gippy. Yeah, it was not like it. It was pretty far from Gippy in terms mm-hmm. of the themes and what it was discussing as well. But um, yeah, and the, the production value was a little higher like mm-hmm. if it was a little bit after school special where this is like a movie with a capital M yeah. I mm-hmm. and um, it was an interesting uh, interplay between the, the really heavy themes and serious like distressing uh, domestic violence in it and then, like, some really clownish scenes with... <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> well, it can't be all sad. No, but I thought that it was kind of Shakespearean, like we yeah. were saying before, in the, the kind of interplay between the, the tragic stuff and the, and, and the comic stuff. Yeah. And, and it might have seemed like, seemed like a, a bad tone shift, but they pulled it off. Like, I didn't feel mm-hmm. like that that was the case. Well, I think a lot, of, a lot of times when we see films about issues like domestic violence... Um, they can really wallow in that misery and, you know, the, the kind of like your like British kitchen sink realist drama, mm-hmm. like you really kind of wallow in um, how difficult of a life that is and the lack of hope. And this film, this film kind of shows that there's, that there is sunshine, that, you know, the, the, that this family is, is living with this, this terrible individual mm-hmm. who has no respect for them and physically assaults them. But that, you know, she's still a teenage girl, he's still a young boy, she's still a mother, and the three of them still find happiness and joy. And and I think also because of that, that's why they're able to kind of start to find that independence. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who um, who was really upset by this movie and he turned it off because he couldn't stand the stereotype of... Um, Muslim men being mm-hmm. shown as mm-hmm. abusive and aggressive. Um, this friend is is not Muslim. That's Piyush Patel, who's been on the show before. And and while I see his point, I also kind of feel like, well, domestic violence can happen to anyone anywhere. Yeah, I didn't read it as as him standing in for all Muslim. Yeah, men. neither I did I. Him as a, a as a very uh, good exemplar of uh, of an abusive man. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is not all men and which is not all Muslims, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. And yeah, when I first saw this film, I was really, I was really surprised with how far they, because I knew it was supposed to be like a feel-good, uplifting movie, and that's really what the trailer sold to me. Mm-hmm. And then I was really surprised with how far it goes with um, with the domestic abuse plotline. And I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's an intensity to it, but like when the abuse is at its worst, the camera's in another room. And that almost adds to the horror because uh, Incia and her brother are are hiding from things. And so you don't, you know, your, your mind is able to imagine how bad it is. But I think also kind of makes the tone of the film one where you don't have to actually see the violence, you know? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about um, some of the other elements of the film, like the mother-daughter relationship? Because I'm assuming that's something that hopefully connected with the two of you, oh. even though you don't watch <laughs> movies together. Do you stick up for your mom? Have you written songs about your mom, um, Elizabeth? I, I don't. I don't write songs because I can't sing. Uh, uh, I write poetry. I've never written any poems about. My, I, mm, I haven't written a poem about my mom since I was eight for school. Uh, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like mom connected more to it, mm. if not just because I have a very jaded, cynical personality, and I spent the whole time like focusing on other things. Yeah, I mean, I, from both of these movies, we have this relationship between the mother and the daughter, where the mother becomes a little bit of the parent, right? Where there, she, the, the daughter the, becomes the, a little sorry, bit the of daughter. the daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The daughter becomes a little bit of the parent. She's trying to get her mom to stand up for herself or to to um, extract herself from a bad situation, and. Um, this is what happens. You don't know that you you might not be aware that you do this, right? <laughs> but now that you are 16 and you know some things about the world, you don't know everything, right? But there are moments where She when... knows a lot about everything that's under 20. Push back yes. on this. <laughs> Push back on this. You know everything. <laughs> but there will be moments... I'm, I'm noticing this more and more will you, where you will take that sort of calm down mom role, right? Like when we went to Seattle yeah, together. Yeah, that's what and, I was thinking about I, when you brought And this I was up. frustrated because we were lost and I couldn't find it and you like you were like totally uh, into with me right <laughs> I'm like mom is gonna be upset by this for a very long time and I'm gonna be hilarious this entire time until she's okay again um, or just you know yeah. like just the reality check of the the, the the drama of the moment is not that important it's just so this is something that happens mm-hmm. when you have um these growing up people in your house is that they help ground you and 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 they can they become the teacher uh, that's what i that, that's what i was responding to that's why i was like bawling my eyes out at the end of this movie but it, <laughs> it's but really it's not entirely right though that's the other thing because gippy no. is entirely right you know, <laughs> go over there tell your ex-husband that you know you got to work it out when she when well it comes she to, makes her dad work it out more than she makes her but when it comes it to insia and najma najma says no one ever asked me if I wanted to get married. That's no right. one ever asked me if I ever wanted to have it. Well, never wanted to have a kid. And then my kid didn't even ask me if I wanted to stay married. Yes. So, that's a really strong it's, scene. You know, yeah. That is a very powerful scene. And that, but that's, and that's the other side of this coin, right? Because the fact is, I do know more about <laughs> life than you do. And, I, and, a, and the grown-up in, in a relationship like this, the mother, has way more information than the kid can ever possibly have access to. And yeah. so sometimes we will say... Yes, I understand that you're upset that I'm not doing this thing that you need to do, but you have no idea of the whole backstory. Mm-hmm. And and really, it's the 
the great auntie or, or yeah. the, mm-hmm. who has to really bring even more backstory in order oh, what for a backstory. <laughs> yeah. in order for Incia to, to really get that would not be in a western right? uh, YA movie no. I think no. the backstory there that's uh, that's intense yeah mm-hmm. yeah so maybe Fast Times original <laughs> but there hasn't been anything like that, that in a long time no and so I think that that's that just such an interesting um just uh, the depth of that relationship and also the performances of both mm-hmm. those actresses in that mm-hmm. confrontation scene like she I don't even know if all of those words were written down on a page or mm-hmm. if that was improvised because there was like so much emotion coming it's really hard to know what's in Bollywood scripts yeah <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how script writing works in Bollywood yeah. Um, so yeah I, I, I think it's a lot more sure. intuitive Mm-hmm. Just kind of go with it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, it did feel very real, like like a real emotion was being dredged up, at least to use for this performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I think because uh, that part of the film and the, that those relationships and that performance uh, is so strong, I think it allows you to kind of gloss over kind of some of the unrealistic aspects with. Um, Incia's rise to fame. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about the internet. Let's, let's go with that. Yeah, I, I was really... One of the reasons I picked this film was because I was really curious about what you would think um, about how this film shows YouTube and the internet. No yeah. mean comments. <laughs> yeah, I, I brought that up to mom afterwards. Yeah. I'm like, it feels weird that she never gets mean comments She's or She's got dislikes. the quality filter on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, when I was watching it with my brother, he brought up that it, a lot of the scenes with the laptop felt like a commercial for a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't think that the logo on the laptop is... It looks like HP, kind of. I don't yeah, think I think it's, but I don't think it was product yeah. placement. It, it, it used, no. it, it used no. the same yeah. Windows thing that I have. Yeah. But, like, I think that's just what laptops look like now. Yeah, it was just Windows 10. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, so, it, yeah. it was shot like it was a commercial, so even though I wasn't being sold something, it yeah. felt like they were trying to sell me how good the internet is. Yeah, YouTube, it's the best. <laughs> They've never done anything wrong. <laughs> Wait till our next episode to find out more. Right? right? But um, I, I felt like it, the intention was not to create an accurate portrayal of how the internet works. No, no one wants that. But <laughs> as somebody who understands how the internet works, I think perhaps a little bit better than my mom does at this point. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I'm like, I. Those are that's a weird place for Snapchat filters to show up. Like I, I know yeah, that. Yeah, can you? No. yeah. Like I think I think that was supposed to be like just generally internet browsing. But I'm like, yeah. they mentioned that belongs Twitter on Twitter and yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but like Chen Tan's like you took down your Twitter and your Facebook. Yeah. Of which it's like here's my first YouTube video. Here's my second YouTube video. <laughs> and Amitabh Bachchan tweets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which super is, famous. Which actor. is yeah. realistic. Every yeah. time Bachchan tweets, sometimes maybe there's we also that really nice moment at the end where near the end on their their kind of last hurrah date where Chintan like quotes some like goofy um, inspirational Yeah, Don't smile because it's over. Sorry, don't cry because it's over. Don't smile, smile. it happens. Yes. Break. That's a great little scene. I yeah. love Chintan. Yeah. Why don't you like him? I can he's see. So I, good. I can see why she would be annoyed by him because he's following her around like a dog. That's what yeah. she says. Yeah, but then like the moment when he ha- when she has to tell him her password. Yes. Yeah. Like, and that's the moment that makes it really clear that like oh even shit though she's been playing up that she's not into him and 
that she doesn't like him. Like, that's the moment where you're like, oh, she does. <laughs> but then the scene afterwards, he's, like, rubbing his... <laughs> she, she writes his name on his palm because that's the password. Yeah. And he's sitting on the bus. And he's just, like, rubbing his palm so amazing. that like, he's just... Well, why does he need to keep it? He knows what it is. It's well, his no. own name. He's Passwords just, are case sensitive. He's looking his though. own name on his hand. Like, he's fascinated by it. Oh, yeah, you had that question. Pa- you passwords were like... are case sensitive, though. Is it all caps or what? And also, my favorite line in the whole movie is when he is doing that, and the bus driver stops, and he's like, no, I'll take the next one. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's your house. <laughs> You're on a school bus. You can't just take the next stop. Yeah. I um, did think that she was... Notwithstanding that you know that that's proof that she liked him all along, I just I, I thought she was too mean for too long. That was like the one thing mm-hmm. I didn't like. She kept being mean and then backing off on being mean and then being mean again when he wasn't doing anything useful to her. Yeah, she's admittedly got some other stuff going on. Though. Yeah, I guess I read that more as like she's deflecting her anger. To exactly. Yeah. 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 I got that, but at the same time, every time they made up, it's because he needed to do something for the plot. (laughs) Like, I need your phone, so we're close again. He called back, well, I guess I'm staying with you for now. You can get me out of the school, I guess we're best friends. What did you guys uh, think of Amir Khan? And also, the way that they call him is to call his phone, no money on the phone, it's just a missed call. Like, that's really clever. That is clever, yeah. did Did you guys like Amir Khan? Um, in the context of the movie, he was great. In the context of growing up in a Me Too culture, he felt like a Me Too yeah. case. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mom yeah. was maybe a bit more forgiving than I was. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's creepy and awful, but I, I mean, babes. he, he babes, <laughs> babes, yeah. yeah. But yeah. he kind of redeemed himself pretty quickly, and he just yeah. kind of just Except seems kind of messed up. It bothered me that he... Okay, so there's this scene at the beginning. The reason that he's blacklisted and has to resort to random girl on YouTube is that he yells... <laughs> she's not random. She's the secret superstar. <laughs> Who appears in two songs in the whole movie. No, she had 20 she had tw- videos. She had 20 videos 20 when videos. she deleted her yeah, YouTube, but yeah. they were not mentioned, the other 18. No. Guess, guess we didn't need the rest of yeah. the se- There's surprisingly little secret superstar and secret superstar. That's but right. like, the reason he gets blacklisted in the first place is because he yells at this 10-year-old yeah. boy on live television <laughs> for being a bad singer. Like, they don't blacklist him for being a weird creep. They blacklist him because he was yelling at a 10-year-old for yeah. not being talented. Mm-hmm. And he never really redeems himself for that. And so, like... You don't see all, him on yeah. that show anymore, though. Yeah. Like, maybe he got kicked off that, too. Yeah, but, like, he, he never addresses it, so it's always in the back of my mind, like, the you ter- were yelling at a 10-year-old. He was a terrible 10-year-old. But he was also yelling at a 10-year-old. And he's also, like, he's he's a flirt yes. and kind of does treat, like, he does objectify women. Yeah. Um, but, like, they never... The receptionist was into it. Yeah, the receptionist by the end seems kind of into at it. At the divorce lawyers. But... <laughs> <laughs> if anyone seems to be on guard, it's the, the receptionist at the divorce lawyer. But, um, and and his wife is divorcing him, and, yeah. and that's kind of evidence that it's India like his third divorce, right? uses divorce? that he must be a bad guy. Yeah. Um, but we don't actually know that he's done anything. Apart from presumably cheating on his wife, though. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, cheating on his wife. Anyways, we yeah. don't... There's no... Kind of just talking about how potentially he's not the best portrayal in kind of a post or in a current Me Too era. There's nothing really, though, that, like, implies... Like, he's he's toxic. He's a toxic male, for sure. Yeah. He, he exhibits toxic masculinity. But it's not implied that, like, he's done anything criminal. 
I just want to be clear from, about that. I don't know if they have the Man Act or something similar to that in India, but he did fly a 15-year-old girl across yeah. the country <laughs> twice in one day. Without consent for her, yep. from her parents. Yep, yeah. no, not at all. <laughs> That's a little weird. Fair enough. But I think... He's a habitual boundary stepper, it seems like. I think he is redeemed by the end, and I think yeah. it's important to have... Um, to for in pop culture to, for us to have examples of toxic masculinity that shows that we can move forward mm-hmm. and that men can learn and and women can learn and so I kind of for me that's that's a, that's a big part of what I took away from from that performance is like you know he's he's putting all these airs on for ego and because um, you know he's not at the top of his game anymore and because his wife is leaving him and and because he's a bad guy yeah. But because of his the relationship that he develops with Incy and because he sees um, what she's going through and because he's able to be there to help her, he becomes a better person. Yeah. And it's a very small subplot within the film, but and he only I think it's valuable. Gets better too. I, but <laughs> and that end song, oh, his end music video, his first YouTube video. Yeah. Is fantastic. It is fantastic. It's wonderful. If I need to cheer myself up after a bad day, <laughs> I will pull up that video and watch Amir Khan with like like these frosted tips and this terrible like flashy like Ed Hardy and the chair. He has a yeah. tiger stripe. Oh, chair. I love that chair. Um, with uh, with his white backup dancers yes. who he's inadvertently hitting. <laughs> like I think he smacks one of them in in her like. In her like breasts. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally, he's not groping her. Yeah. No, no, he's just unaware. He's not a choreographer. His body is doing. No, but his moves are kind of fun, right? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. He's doing the this one. Yes. That's a good move. And it's so. I mean, for us as Bollywood fans, it's so funny because this is so far from Amir Khan's persona mm. and from his personality and from how he is in the majority of his other films. He's having a great time just being a douchey guy. <laughs> yeah. I think he's, yeah, douche is the exact description of the kind of character that he's playing. There's also the amazing line where uh, Inti asks him about his lawyer. No, asks him about lawyers. Oh my God. Like, my lawyer is great. Like, your lawyer just lost your case. I want her lawyer. <laughs> Because I was just thinking that too. Like his lawyer is demonstrably not very good. I mean, they both have to grow up and, and yeah. mature throughout the film. Yeah. yeah. But I love that plot point that what caused Incia to to contact him was not her desire to be a superstar. No. Actually, it was her desire to get in touch with a, mm-hmm. a a lawyer who could help her mother, and that was that was nice. That was that, that was an interesting plot. Point. Right. Yeah, she's never really... She didn't even ask for money. No. <laughs> no. She's never really invested, although I think now she's going to be able to, to earn the money to support her, her mother Someone's and her brother. Have to, I remember, yeah. um, but she's never Spoiler really alert. invested in fame so much as she wants everyone around the world to hear her. Yes. And I think that's, that's very different than I kind of think how that desire is usually or it can be shown sometimes with young people. Like, I think there's this idea that, like, you know, everyone wants to be the next Kylie Jenner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I she- don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and obviously this relates back to, like, um, larger um, larger themes of how art versus commerce is shown to us, where, like, true artists aren't interested in commerce, um, even though that's totally unrealistic. <laughs> because do the everyone... Don't make the money with um, yeah. and, and so... She, but I think, you know, like, she really just wants to be heard because 
in her in in her daily life in her home life and at school no one hears her mm-hmm. <laughs> no it's one un- listens it is unclear if she has a bedroom I think her bedroom is the TV room and I think like her aunt lives in that other one yeah because I was wondering about that right yeah. she's always sleeping in the TV room the yeah. front room Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not it's not entirely ordinary it's not out, not out of the ordinary to not have a bedroom. But yeah, because they have this other room you see later. Yeah. I'm like, well, whose is that? Yeah. And obviously, she's the lowest one on the totem pole. So yeah, she's stuck in there. Yeah. And I also liked how gets her more. brother, even though he's obviously favored, he doesn't know any different. Like he's not preening over this. He is actually he really likes his mom and his sister. And the part where he makes the computer up. Oh, oh and she <laughs> she realizes that she realizes that she resents her brother because he's favored, but that's not his fault, and yeah. he doesn't know that, and that should not reflect her relationship with him or like she, or ha, or his relationship with her. Mm-hmm. You know, he just wants his older sister to be happy. He just wants his older sister to love him. He just wants chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants one or two chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> Guru's motivations are pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting. So this whole idea, the, the, this theme that comes back and forth, is the, the, the basic human right to dream. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and the, that is really what is being denied her when, by her father, beyond, yeah. beyond all of the other things. Um, and we were talking a little bit after we watched the movie about the, the mother's actions. And to me... The, the, the mother was trying, Najma was trying her hardest to create a better life for yeah. her daughter within the um, limitations of yeah. their life. She gave her the guitar. She she pushed for her to go to school. She And, and in a way, Insia isn't taking full advantage of the school part of the yes. sacrifices. No. The extra classes, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just kind of not understanding. Like, her mother doesn't even know how to read. Like, this is, like, a huge thing that she's trying to yeah. give her. But on the other hand, Insia is saying, like, your, your, your big effort within these limitations is too small. We need to dream bigger. Like, yeah. why can't we dream bigger? And then at that moment, where it's also, you know, advantageous, like, it, it is the only possible time for them to escape, um, her mother comes around to that. I think that's what uh, separates this from... A typical YA story is that an understanding of the limitations of being an adult yes. is present. Mm. Yes. Because yeah. she says, I did as good for you as I possibly could. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a reason why she doesn't tell her that they're moving to Riyadh, for yeah. instance, because you don't want to depress your kid even more than she is. Yeah. So <laughs> it's... Um, or have her run away and end up on the street. Like that, I think that's what really separates it is that... It, it is a YA story, but it's also expanded big enough to be, um, like, for adults to understand the different layers of what's happening, yes. and for a kid to eventually realize that, too. Yeah. And I think that's part of why this film has resonated with so many people across different cultures, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, I think, there there's a universality to that desire to to want to, to, want to dream, and to, to want to be independent, and to want to live your life on your own terms mm-hmm. yeah. um and i think also like you you really root for for insia and najma you really like i think you really really care for them those those two performances are, are fantastic you know we there, the, there's so yeah. much depth um and sophistication to, to what both of those women uh are doing on screen and you really your heart really like it's a very emotional film yes. mm-hmm. you really really you kind of feel for them yeah Disney movies always have the I want song. Like, I want to, you know, 
I want to go where the people are. Yeah. I want to be king, <laughs> that kind of thing. But they never have the, these are the reasons why I can't right now. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a maturity in yeah. this, in these things that, like, that, um, yeah, life is harder than you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also thought it was really interesting that neither of these girls um, rebelled in the way that that we kind of think of teenage rebellion usually. Yeah, right? I hate like, your mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they both really love their moms. They do yeah. really love their moms, and they also have a really, um, they have the same belief in the difference between right and wrong. And they're, they're I don't know, I feel like you're kind of the same way. Like, you, you are, um, we, you, you don't believe everything that I believe, but you don't rebel in the kind of t- typical ways. Or at all, really. <laughs> well, especially after all those anti-smoking ads. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But but she doesn't. Um, yeah, she doesn't. She, she doesn't deviate from her family values, no. and I thought that was like refreshing too. Mm-hmm. But from what you say, typical of of this of, of Hindi cinema. Um, not necessarily. No. Yeah, I think that's just what makes Secret Superstar even more interesting. Is that. Yeah. It, it is thematically consistent throughout. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, do we have anything else to add? No. Did you like them? Yeah. I'm really glad that you encouraged <laughs> us to watch both these movies. Okay. I really liked Secret Superstar a lot. And now you can tell people that you've seen, like, one of the most popular movies in China. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's also super popular in India, yeah. but, like... You know, like we're, I think, I think we're adding to your, uh, to your cultural, your world pop culture knowledge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a net gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe now you'll start seeing secret superstar memes everywhere on Twitter. I don't think you will. But <laughs> there are lots of sacred games memes. There's no Talking tw- back to last week, there's, yeah. there's right. lots of sacred games memes. That's happening. I bet if they had Twitter in China, we would be seeing mm-hmm. um, a mm-hmm. lot of secret Yeah. What is it? Weibo? The, their equivalent? There's probably memes on that. Yeah, probably memes on <laughs> all the Chinese social media sites that we know nothing about. Well, yeah, there's the big uh, digital uh, Great Wall, so we can't see. But I know that uh, that its popularity on those sites actually was one of the things that fueled the the box office. So mm. I also read about that. Cool. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Elizabeth and Karen, thank you guys so yes, much for coming on and providing your insight as a, as a teenager and as a mother. Um, we're so glad that this uh, that you guys we can't fun do either. Though, yeah, we know like nothing. We used to be but teenagers. Either. We yeah. yes, but a long time ago. Yeah. Like as it, as as we get older, it's further and further away. <laughs> Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Where can people listen to your show? So that's a thing, question mark, exclamation point. Which we don't agree on, but we have to do hers because she handles all the social media. And that's Wait, why don't you agree on that? Because like, I started off doing it the other way around when I typed it, but like she does it the opposite way, just naturally. Huh. So we have to go with how she does it because she handles all the business because I'm too busy <laughs> researching memes 24-7. <laughs> Matt and I have similar arguments. <laughs> yeah. In the absence of an interrobang, which is the actual punctuation mark we yeah. wish we could have, that's a thing, question mark, exclamation point, is what people should search in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places where podcasts are, Spotify, we're on our way into Spotify. Mm, nice. Um and uh, on social media, we have that's a thing, Y-E-G. Y-E-G stands for Edmonton. And so that's what we have. So you can find us on Twitter. 
Yes. And uh, you can go to our website if you want to see um, our show notes, which are fun. Almost as fun as Bollywood is for Lovers uh, show notes. Oh. I think you're the jokes. only one that reads them. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Uh, I, a <laughs> they are a lot of they work. They are a lot of work, but it's important to have the backup. So that's a thing. And for some of my great jokes, sometimes there's hidden links. Yeah. yeah exactly. Secret memes. There's, there's Dank Easter memes. eggs all over the place. <laughs> It's mostly gifts of Sunny Pawar being cute. And Tuffy. <laughs> that's worth it. Tuffy, yeah, we'll have to talk about Tuffy. Yes. Anyway, that's a thing.transistor.fm is our website. Beautiful. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Yeah, I hope it was fun. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode discussing road trip movies. Hmm. I think some of our favorite Bollywood films have been road trip movies, so I'm really excited to, to dig into some of them. Favorite movies in general, really. Yes, yes. And who doesn't love a good road trip? Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out on Tumblr at bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com. Uh, one of the best places to find us is Apple Podcasts or... Maybe check out Google Podcasts. It's new rival. But uh, a five-star review at any of those spots would be very much appreciated. And we read all of our reviews out on air. While you're over at Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe and download my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and the Movies. What are you doing uh, this week? Uh, oh, we're going to be looking at two films about uh, modern or like everyday princesses. So we're looking at The Princess Diaries and A Little Princess. I'm really excited about it. I really enjoy both of those films. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter is Bollywood Pod. And then you can follow me at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. Uh, and I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. Um, my own name is really hard to pronounce, apparently. Uh, but also check out our page on Letterboxd. It's got a, a list of all the movies we've ever watched for the show. And selected episodes are available on G Radio. I think that's everything. We're exhausted. <laughs> yep. Good night. Good night.